Hello and welcome to the Body Talk podcast. I'm Alina Jenkins and so far in this series we've looked at ways that we can increase our personal impact, develop our communication skills and also improve our well-being, all of which are essential to our happiness and success, whether that's in our business or our personal lives. And over the years we've coached so many people at Body Talk who've initially come to us and said, got no confidence, I don't like public speaking, I actually have very low self-esteem. And over time, those limiting beliefs will have a negative impact, not just on how you feel, but also on how you communicate with others. So through our seminars and workshops, we talk through a number of strategies to overcome those challenges and help people really boost their self-esteem and confidence. Sometimes that's through body language choices. In other times, it's how you communicate your message and also perhaps a change of mindset. And every so often, we just touch on meditation. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how you can awaken your potential through meditation. I've actually stolen that line from my guest, Talwinda Sidhu, who's also known as Terry. And he's written a book which is called Meditate, Breathe Into Meditation and Awaken Your Potential. And Terry has helped adults and children all around the world really rediscover their confidence and their well-being through meditation. Terry, welcome. Thank you, Alina, for having me. I'm so excited to talk about meditation and broaden the topic for a lot of your listeners. Because you started or you discovered meditation at a very early age. Yeah, it was it was mad to me that people don't meditate because it was just so normal in my environment. My mum taught me meditation. I think she was trying to teach all my brothers and sisters how to meditate, but it just stuck with me. And I think it was because I was kind of like that black sheep, the isolated one. And yeah, growing up, um, it was always because I grew up in a Sikh community. So it was in the artwork. It was always in the scriptures. It was at the temple. So meditation was just the thing that you did. And um, my mum would teach me a few little techniques to make me want to meditate. She'll turn it into like a she'd be like meditation is like training your superpower. And any like eight, nine year old kid wants to have superpowers. So she would just teach me all these different things. Like she'll make me jump and she says, see, you can fly, but you can't take off yet. You need to meditate to practice. And so that's how she encouraged me to meditate. And then, yeah. And then by the age of 12, I was creating my own techniques. And I didn't realize until later on in life what I was actually doing in my meditations, um, the the places I could uh, transport consciousness and without going too esoteric let's just say my mind was expanding into realms of knowledge that I never even knew I had access to and then it took a lot of learning and understanding about the world in order to comprehend and actually digest that knowledge you know put some sort of construct around it which is probably why I only started teaching meditation a couple of years ago. Having done it since you were a child, do you find it strange that people just don't adopt this so so readily? Obviously, meditation has become much more popular over the last 10 or 20 years. But even now, I, I kind of get a sense from some people, it's like, oh, I don't, have to, I don't have time for meditation. That's not going to help me. Do, do, do you find that strange? Absolutely. To me, it's like, to me, it's like hearing someone saying, I don't have time to sleep. It's, it's it's a human intelligence that we have that we it's like paramount to our existence where sleep is like an unconscious processing of thought meditation is a conscious one so if you're navigating through life and you're and the whole point of life and this experience here we're supposed to 
learn and listen from our physical senses and um, you know act accordingly. But what a lot of um, uh, people I'm learning, like teaching meditation, what I'm learning about the world is a lot of us do all of that experiencing with our physical senses, but also try and process and deal with those thoughts and feelings at the same time too. All you have to do is just step out of the experience of life and sit in contemplation to deal with those thoughts and feelings and boom, you're meditating. Um, and then with that practice, you start learning to take that to deeper, deeper levels. And that's all it is. It's just kind of unblurring the lines between my experience of life and my thoughts and feelings about life. So, so where where do you start, Terry? I mean, you say just let's just sort of take yourself away from the moment. And people say, well, mm-hmm. I know I do that. I go perhaps go and sit in the garden and I just switch yeah. off. What's what's the difference, or or is there a difference? I think that key thing that you said there, switching off. I think that's a huge misconception. It's actually tuning in. So you're sitting in the garden, you've got your cup of tea, you're enjoying all the space. Sorry, I knocked my desk there. You're enjoying all the space and the scenery. And all you have to do is consciously be aware that you're sipping your tea and you're observing and you're just paying attention. And sometimes with, because I'm teaching a lot of clients in Canada, my being here, um, and it's too cold to go outside. So I'm asking my clients just to go to the window, go lean against the window. Hopefully it's a double glazing and it's a strong window, don't fall through. And uh, get a cup of tea and just look and just observe and pay attention to what's going on. Um, And then eventually train that enough so you can then do the same with, say, your anxiety or your fear or your stress. You know, you build into the ability to observe and witness whatever you're experiencing, which then will transform into... The practice of detachment so it's kind of like easing you into the practice you have to start just being conscious that you are separating from your experience of life the easiest way i think to put it is when you think of like when we were testing the mics earlier talking about yeah terry what did you have for breakfast um that whole concept, right? What did you have for breakfast this morning? It's being aware that your physical body is not going into that memory. You're physically in the present physical experience of life. You think of an idea. Your physical body is not creating or experiencing that idea. You're not seeing it with your physical eyes. You're not tasting it. You're not touching it. You're not doing anything with your physical body when interacting with what's going on in your mind. So the first question is, well, what is that thing that's interacting with it? And that's where we enter the phase, well, consciousness, this conscious entity. You exist as something else when visiting these other realms of time, these other realms of experience. The body will never enter the mind. You exist as something within the mind and within the body. And that, just that awareness alone and training that ability and recognizing yourself as that then starts to enable you to raise awareness. And that's what that whole idea of raising awareness is. It's just recognizing yourself as something much more than what you think you are. But using logic to apply for it, it's like, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Right. Think of that whole memory again. And now imagine yourself as a dinosaur at, the di- at your breakfast table. You can do so easily because you're not limited to the, this body that you have in that memory. And then we start going into deeper, deeper stuff. But that's pretty much how one would get started in meditation and learning how to get get into it. <laughs> More than the body. 
One of the things you talk about in your in your book, Terry, is is five steps to meditation. So is that the first step? The first step is being aware, being conscious, mm-hmm. which then I guess it sounds like that leads to detachment. Am I am I on the right path? I th- yeah, yeah. So the five steps is so when you're ready, you're like okay, because that's like the introduction to meditation. What I just gave kind of give you an idea of what you're playing with and what we're entering here. To actually start meditating, I introduce these five steps. And these five steps, I call it like a process for detachment. So learning to separate yourself from your thoughts and feelings. So you can do this sitting on a chair, on the floor, sitting on your breakfast table, whenever. So the five steps goes as follows. It goes breathing, positioning, locking, meditating, and integrating. So the first step, breathing. Breathing is the most fundamental step because it's the first thing you ever did in life. It's literally the only reason why you exist. The fact that you can breathe, it means you're alive. And there's a, I'm going to go a little esoteric here, but hopefully not too, not go too deep into it. But just imagine breathing like a pump and what it's pumping is life. And so when you get in control of your breath, which is step one, breathing, inhale and exhale through your nose, you're indicating that you're back in charge of your life. So when you are dealing with an anxiety, a stress, a distraction, when you're trying to sit and focus, you go back to breath. So you go, you get back in charge of that pump. You're like, no, 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 mind. No, 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 consciousness. I'm in control here. I am in charge. So that's where you want to start. Get in control. Control breathing. Consciously inhale and exhale through the nose. And that's where you start your meditation with breath. Second step, position. So once you started breathing, you're about to go into a form of contemplation. The last thing you want is any tension in the body. And when you get control of your breath, the body will start talking to you and be like, hey, your legs are hurting here. There's tension here. You're not comfortable. Anything that's exper- that the body is experiencing, that will rise to the surface. So the next phase or the next step will be get comfortable. Like you're going to be sitting in contemplation. The last thing you want is tension in the body pulling you out of that. So breathe, get in control. Listen to how to sustain the control state by repositioning your body. Maybe you need to adjust a few things. Maybe you need to grab a blanket, shut the door, shut the window, whatever. Get comfortable. So once you're in control and you're in comfortable, it's time to get ready and lock into your meditation. At the beginning stages, this third step locking is kind of like a um, a ritual. It's going to feel like just like an indication or just like a little... It, it's, it's not going to feel like much, but... Just practicing it will allow you to prepare yourself and train your body for more of the transcendental deeper states. And locking is just a very subtle movement. It's closing your eyes and rolling your eyes up very subtly and gently. Remember, we don't want any tension here um, to the center of your mind, toward, to furthering up. It's almost like nudging outer awareness to inner awareness, what I call going from outside to insight. And... Um, and that's what locking is. And there's a whole chapter in the book that talks about locking, how to do it safely and whatnot. And then once you're locking, you're effectively meditating. Now, the aim of your meditation, why you're meditating, that's what we're aiming for in this fourth step, meditation. So let's say we're meditating to de-stress. Then we want to continue meditating until we get to that de-stressed rate. However, let's say someone walks through the door, you hear something, you get distracted. That's okay. 
you may be only meditating for like a millisecond before something get, distracts you. Repeat steps one to four. Go back to breath. Get back in control of that pump. Reposition if you need to. Keep Your eyes can stay closed at this point. And then lock back into your meditation and go back into your meditation. And let's say you've managed to successfully meditate and sit into a state of stillness for like two seconds now. Congratulations, you've improved your practice by a couple of seconds. Good for you, but you're not quite de-stressed yet? No worries, go back to step one. Breathe, position, lock meditate and you can use it as like a mantra breathe position lock meditate and you keep repeating that cycle until you arrive at a state of mind what you need and not just for de-stressing i'm talking confidence motivation um courage all of those things that you need to move your life forward to release the fear so that you can pursue the things that you want to pursue and once you've arrived at the state of mind that you need once you're ready to set your mind on what you're experiencing within Step five is integration, the process where you awaken from your meditation. It's that moment where you've arrived at that point of clarity, for lack of a better term, there's so many points that you can arrive at, let's just say clarity, and now you're ready to awaken into the world with a clear mind, with that de-stressed mind. And integration is a very important component now is because you've raised awareness and knowledge into the state of being and you're going to integrate it into your body and you're about to open your eyes and step out into the world as if you're born again. And then you open your eyes and you have to be very careful and think about, well, what's the next step I need to take? What's the next thing I need to do? What's the next words I speak? This is now where mindfulness begins. And mindfulness isn't necessarily a meditation, it's an integration, it's a component where you, a way of operation. It's like, right, this is why I entered this meditation to get this clear mind. What am I going to do now with this clear mind? And then you, and that's the integration process. And once you've got it, you awaken and you go do it. And that's, that's how you begin. <laughs> is it, is it a... Is it something that you could do in a matter of, say, 10 or 15 minutes? Um, or is it something that you could also find yourself very, very deep in this for, for hours? And you know, how, do you, how do you sort of know when, it's, when you're ready to come out? Well, that's where you decide what everyone's... If you're meditating, you're meditating for a reason. I think most people have decided now it's like sleep you sleep you sleep to recover from the limitations of your mind right sometimes you can I know when I'm hyper productive and really high energy I'm like two hours of sleep I'm back on the computer and just work in it um, so it's how much meditation you need for whatever you're dealing with like I was working with a client who was mourning loss I mean that's something that we can all connect to given the state of the world and um, and we were working, I was like, right, just stay in your meditation for as long as you need. You can do a minute meditation, you can do five minutes, time is irrelevant. It, it really is irrelevant. You meditate, you, you're doing this conscious process so you can arrive at this state of mind. Stay in it until you arrive at it or get an energy of it because what's the point in doing it? It's like, what's the point in sleeping if you're not going to really allow the body to rest? What's the point in meditating if you're not going to allow the mind to do its thing to get to where you need to be to navigate through this world? Um, and my one of my best tips is try not to, especially if you're brand new to meditation, you don't need to train the whole five steps just yet. Just start with training, start with step one, breathing. Go to the grocery store. Instead of just rushing around and putting all your items in, enter the grocery store, conscious breath. What's the first thing you need to put in this basket? Go navigate and make yourself, go get, go get yourself there. That within itself is a mini meditation, okay? I need carrots. Where are the carrots? Navigate to the carrots, put the carrots in the basket. 
lemons. You know, and that itself is like a mini meditation because you're listening to your body, you're listening to what you need and you're take, taking that action forward. So that's just, and sitting in traffic is a good, not that is much traffic nowadays, but sitting in traffic was a great example. <laughs> just sitting in traffic and every time you get stressed, no, no, breathe, get back in control of the pump because the stress is in control. When you get breathing, practice that, you start learning, oh, I'm in control of this experience called life. It just slows things down and put things in order and puts you in a space where you're like, no, I'm in charge here. Terry, so much of what we do at Body Talk is about communication. And you were telling me before we did this interview today that some of the things that you uh, you do with your clients is, is, is you say that actually if you can meditate together, maybe as a family or as a couple, that in turn is helping to develop better communication between yourselves. Absolutely. There's so many different ways we can meditate as a group. I mean, there's these there's massive meditation groups which they get together and talk about changing the energy in, of the entire world as a conscious collective, which when you go into deeper, deep, deep, deep states of meditation where we're accessing spiritual states, yes, that is definitely something that we can work with. And the with the communication aspect, especially between couples and work t- uh, team work, uh, teams at work and um, corporate groups and whatnot, think about this. You're all now focused on one goal. Let's say you're in a foundation or corporation or, or even at home, you've got this one goal that you're trying to attain as a collective. Families, it may be, you know, let's all get on, let's get, get communicating and understand, express what we're trying to um, say to each other or in a corporation you've got this one singular mission to and whatever that mission statement is that's what your focus is on and then as a group you sit and you focus on that soul mission and you meditate and you let whatever comes up to help fulfill that mission or that goal and um, by doing that each other are learning about each other like if someone comes out of their meditation within two minutes and someone comes out of their meditation after four hours you know you've got two minutes of communication, someone can express what they need to get done in two minutes. And then you've got to listen now to this other person who took a while to understand and what needs to be done for the mission. You're paying attention to each other's behaviors and how people operate and think. And not only are you doing that when you meditate as a group, you're also doing that as an individual too. You're realizing how to communicate. You're realizing, oh, John over there took two minutes to figure out what he needs to do. While Melissa over here took, you know, 15 minutes. Okay, let's hear them both out. Let's see where they are. What can John learn from Melissa and what can Melissa learn from John? So that let's do it a collective within seven minutes and balance that out. Things like that. I mean, there's a lot more tools and techniques and operations and guidance to it, but that's like meditating as a group is fantastic. And the couple stuff is amazing. There's a beautiful technique, but I don't know if you have the time to share it right now. Yeah, we have. Yeah, go for it. Oh, we have? Okay, good. Um, So the couple's technique is, um, it's really interesting because sometimes it can cause a little bit of an argument, but that whole point is to not argue, it's to really understand each other. It's, It's a tantric meditation and tantric meditation is like a whole encyclopedia of meditation itself. There's so much knowledge with the tantric side of things. And it's very simple. So especially at the early stages, and I always highly recommend it before people get married, is you sit in meditation and you individually, you think about the future you want to create. 
And in meditation, you start learning that you are creating your life. You're not just living it, you are cre actively creating it forward. We're in this evolutionary journey together. So you think about what you want to create a life, how you want to experience it. And let's say now, for the sake of it, Matt and Simon, they're a couple and they're trying to, um, they're about to get married, but they want to be aligned. They want to be on the same page. But say Simon gets out of his meditation in like five minutes and he knows what he wants and how to, comprehend life and what to do with it but and uh, matt i think that's the name i used uh meditated for 20 minutes there's a conversation so what you want it took you like five minutes to figure out but what you wanted took you 15 minutes to figure out there's more to your experience than there is to this experience so how can we communicate now um and then the the alignment happens is when both Matt and Simon can go into the meditation, lock in for 15 minutes or however long together and come out at the same time. When you've got that locked in, come out at the exact same time, that balance, that communication, that exchange, that is like, yo, talk about alignment. I can meditate without even setting a timer. You don't set any time here. The aim of the game, and it is like a game, is try and see if you can meditate for the same amount of time. Let's just see what you desire it's 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 aligned not only just energetically but in terms of the construct that we have in in terms of life and death you know we're growing older we are limited to time here so we must think on those terms when aligning our lives together terry we we've, we've only just scratched the surface today in this podcast <laughs> yeah. but I, I i we we could we could talk for hours and hours if not days Absolutely. about this but i think that's the reason you wrote the book wasn't it just to yeah. to try and reach more people and i know you've got a sort of a, a number of different places that people can go to find more information so yeah. can you just tell us about those yeah, so you can grab the book, um, just go to meditatethebook.com and there's a little bit of information about the book and links to the Amazon um, page to get it. But there is a starter pack. So I understand meditation is a lot of information to digest. And I'm currently working on a mini course. You can access the starter pack now um, and that pack will help you get started. It'll complement the book and it'll teach you about what meditation is in a very simple way, go through the five-step process, and then a guided meditation to get you started. So it's a nice little accompaniment to the book, and everything you need to know to build a foundation for your practice is in here. We haven't even touched on like chakras and deep and all of that stuff, and that's just basic human intelligence. But yeah, and it's, look, it's not a really thick book. I could have wrote something like that, and literally we were like, Can take that out, take that out, take that out. So I literally tried to make it like a textbook approach. This, and so, yeah, and then I think it's nice that if people start meditating, I think we need a lot more color in the world. You know, this is a formula, and I think it'd be nice to see how people interpret that formula, what they can create around it. Um, and just hearing people's experiences will be just, it's just it make the world a little bit more interesting. As we said at the beginning, Terry, it's awakening your potential. But we'll have to yeah. leave it there for now. But thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the show as Terry Sidhu. And thank you as well for listening. We'll be back again in a couple of weeks with another podcast. In the meantime, you can find out more about what we do at Body Talk on our website, uh, www.ukbodytalk.com. And of course, we're on LinkedIn and Instagram. But until next time, bye for now.